reading this evening is taken from Mark chapter 4, firstly verses 3 to 8, then 14 to 20, and then finally jump into 26 to 29. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear any. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Now to verses 14 to 20. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown amongst thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, Hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. And then finally, verses 26 to 29. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seeds on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Amen. Could you join me in praying? Father God, I want to thank you for your word. God, I want to thank you for the warnings that it brings. And I just pray this evening as we just begin to briefly explore these verses... God, would we be good soil? Father, no matter how many times we've heard this, no matter how many times we maybe have covered it, would we just be ready to receive from you? So God, we just give this time to you and we thank you. Amen. I can honestly say to you, I've lost count of the number of times I've either heard this story or I've dropped references to it within messages because it makes a really good point. Or, as I always like to say, I probably made something in Sunday school that reflected uh, seeds in a pot with cotton wool that never really produced anything, which I'm pretty sure was down to my general keeping of plants. I'm 35. I've had the fortune of studying the Bible at college, sitting under incredible pastors who have taught incredibly well, I've been to conferences, and I can honestly say I'm almost positive I had never before come across those short four verses in the middle of Mark's salt-light-seed-storm passage. It baffled me when I read them. 
not sure I'd ever really engaged in them. And they make up part of these three elements that I want to look at that just help us to understand a little bit of what it looks like to take the message of Jesus from here to out there. The first one is to prepare the soil. As he was scouring the seed, some fell along the path, some fell on rocky places, other seed fell amongst thorns, other seed fell on good soil. I love this story, the way that it looks at these different soil types. As I said, my gardening skills are not high, but I generally get the understanding that there's good places and there's bad places when you come to planting. But we've got this hard, rocky, thorny, and good soil. Spoken on this passage before, and I think it lays a really important foundation for us. But you could have the very best message in the world. You could have the best PowerPoint display. You could have videos with famous actors on it. You could have the best sound system with the best songs. You could have Billy Graham's context. You could have Peter's message at Pentecost. You could have Mark Owen speaking. But if the soil is not prepared... You may as well have not spoken. It doesn't matter the quality that we bring to the table if the soil isn't ready. Birds, the sun, the strangle of thorns. If the soil is not good, then the message will most likely fall on deaf ears. It will fall without depth and it will fall to the pull of the world. We could quite easily open the doors or leave now and yell on the street outside of us to the people picking up dominoes on a Sunday evening about Jesus. And we could feel pretty good about ourselves. We could tick the box of evangelism. Tim, I don't need the Wednesday night course. I've crushed this. I just yelled some words at people. Feel good that we've completed the greatest commandment. Go home content. Or we could sit here now And consider this, who is there in our lives that we're in relationship with? Who is there in our lives that we have a level of influence in? Who is there in our lives that we could begin to build relationship with? Because I do believe the first step we need to take to preparing the soil is to invest in relationship. Is to invest in relationship I want to put a footnote in. This is not me saying that you need to number all of your friends and they become projects and you have a little binder on them and you work out how far they are. Hey, one, six, three, four, five, it's great to have coffee with you. Where are you at with Jesus? That's not what this is. This is a challenge to have authentic relationships, to build something with people that allows you to do life with them. The course that we're going to use on Wednesday evenings highlights that most of those people are already in your lives. Most of the people who are desperate to hear the gospel of Jesus have probably been doing life with you already. So that challenge isn't always as big as maybe we think it is. Someone was sharing with me before the service the work people are beginning to realize that they're involved in this whole church thing. Building relationship. 
building relationship, building trust. Again, I shamelessly point towards this morning's message. People are watching what we do. Are you close enough to people for them to see what we do? Preparing the soil is more than simply yelling. It's being present. It's doing life. It's good times, bad times. Preparing the soil is the first step that we see. Maybe fairly obviously we move on to scattering the seed once the soil's prepared. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and of desire and of other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. I have my Bible and I have my football boots, which are surprisingly clean for me and don't smell, which was the only reason they made it into my preach. I have my Bible and I have my football boots. For a huge part of my life, I did both of these things every weekend. Saturday, I'd play football. Sunday, I would spend my time in church. And never would the two meet. Never would I dare allow the two to meet. This was church and this was recreation. This was what I did on Sunday with people inside the building, and this represented everything I believed in outside of the building. Never would the two cross paths. Maybe for you, you're not sporty. Maybe a better representation is work. Monday to Friday, sat at my computer. Sundays, all about church. And never shall the two meet, because the complication is too much for me. This is all about church. This is all about my life. The two don't work hand in hand for me. So I'm going to make this bit as simple as possible. This book belongs everywhere. This book belongs everywhere. The message of this book is needed everywhere. I would suggest probably more so in the places that we're not taking it currently than the places we're comfortable taking it. The message of this book is needed everywhere. So please hear this. Jesus can go anywhere. He is not reserved for this space. We need to scatter the seed, and unfortunately, for those of us that like comfort, that looks a lot less like being here scattering it and a lot more like being in the lives of those around us day-to-day scattering it. It is crucial we are the people that take this forward. So this second message is simple. The soil needs to be prepared. The soil needs investment. But it needs the seed too. And I think as Christians, we can swing between the two. Sometimes we do the whole talking bit without really any relationship. And then other times we do all the relationship and we forget to tell them about the biggest part of our lives. The best thing we have to give. We need to be scattering the seeds of the gospel message. 
So I ask you this, if not you, if not you in the lives of those that you do life with, who? Who? For each of us, unless we were incredibly fortunate to be blinded by a light on a road, there's a high chance someone else introduced us to church. What if they hadn't? If not you, who? Take the opportunity. Who's going to speak into their lives with this depth of truth? Who's going to reveal the depth of love that we see in these passages? Who's going to journey with them towards salvation? Give me a level of creative license here, please. We read this parable and we get it. We get it, right? Farmer, sow seeds, makes sense. Some survive, some don't, largely down to the surface of where they land. So humor me a moment as I just begin to maybe expand something that's going on here. Was it that the farmer simply scattered seed to allow us to have a really good parable? Was it maybe that he was fairly lazy and therefore it was far easier just to throw seed out and let it fall where it fell rather than concentrate? Maybe he'd just developed a new machine, a lot like a super soaker, and could stand at one end of the farm and just spray out all of the seed and the job was done. Or maybe, just maybe, there's a slightly deeper layer of context here that we can so often overlook. Maybe the farmer knew that seed falling on the hard ground, seed falling on the rocky ground, that seed that fell along amongst the thorns stood little to no chance of growth. But what if he deliberately let it fall there anyway? What if he deliberately let it fall there anyway? What if this isn't simply a message of waiting for the right moment, but a message of making sure we are there for that moment? What if we begin to think What if we, like the farmer, maybe never give up hope that the hard, rocky and thorny soil might just produce fruit, that Satan wouldn't come and take the word away, that shallow roots would not find a way to break, that would find a way to break deeper, sorry, that the weight of the world would not choke out the life of faith. So often we've already decided who is thorny, who is shallow, who is hard. So often we've already decided that maybe the gospel message isn't ready in that place. We need to wait for the soil to be just right, just the right time, just the right service to invite them to. I genuinely think we see through this the encouragement that the farmer could have been far more delicate, but he wasn't. Why? Because I don't think the farmer gave up hope on any of those seeds. Logic says they won't survive. My faith says any one of my friends could be saved. Any one of them. Who have you already decided is going to say no if you invite them? Who's going to laugh at you when you offer to pray for them? Who's going to ignore you if you drop them a message of encouragement? And who is it that says so? Who is it that says that they're going to ignore it, laugh, be uninterested? I believe we are called to scatter seed I do believe we need to prepare the soil 
but I'm not always sure we see when the soil is good. So I don't want to miss those opportunities. Finally, as I said, this amazing little part of the passage I'm not sure I'd ever really read before. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk and the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. If, like me, you're not quite sure what a sickle is, it's the crazy hook thing that they used to take down the harvest. I'm not sure I'd ever really read that passage before. I'm sure I must have been in a church service where someone had referenced it. But I'm not sure I ever really read it before. And it's swiftly becoming a wonderful part of the way that I view every single thing I'm involved in. I'd be very shocked if this isn't the next passage that I stick up on the wall at home and in my office. Because I believe in these verses we see encouragement. A huge amount of encouragement. We see a reminder. We see a challenge. I believe we see release. And we see a guide. All in those four verses. Those four verses tell me this. I love all of you. But you are not the key to salvation. I love all of you. But salvation does not come from you. I love this church. But salvation doesn't come from this church. Just bricks and windows and wood and all of the other things that make it. I love contemporary Christian music. Salvation does not come from the latest worship song. This verse tells me, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Right there is the understanding we need to take into our evangelism. The prettiest smile, the best building, the fastest, newest songs will not make a difference. They might set the tone for what we're doing, but they will not make a difference to salvation because once the seed has been planted, once it's gone below the surface of what we can see, once it is in the heart of man, the mysteries of God take over. Is that not the most amazing pressure release when we think about how to tell our friends about Jesus? My responsibility is not to make sure that I explain it in such an amazing way that they take this bizarre concept and suddenly it all makes sense to them and they find themselves saying I want to be baptized I don't need to draw the best pictures don't need the best videos what this says to me is my responsibility is to plant the seed and after that I have the privilege of knowing that God does things I will never comprehend while I'm on this earth the mystery and the wonder of salvation at its very fullest So surely that means, Tim, that I can now sit back and watch a daytime drama unfold in their lives as I watch the mystery of God doing his thing. No. I do not believe this verse is a get-out-of-jail-free card. I believe as we look at the context of what these verses have said to us with the farmer and the scattering, that we continue to be in their lives. Continue to journey with them. If you're anything like me, the more I understand about my faith, the more questions it produces. 
be there. Do life with them. Keep loving them, supporting them, and guiding them. But it means you can let go of the pressure that it's all down to you. It means that you can relax on stressing that they didn't make it to church tonight. So, the mystery of salvation is not seen. It's under the soil. It's in the heart. And that's a mystery that we can never fully comprehend. But I believe most importantly, it means this. It means we are called to pray. We are called to pray. Pray for them. And I don't mean once. I don't mean just do it when we come on a Sunday and the pastor says, pray for those people in your life who'd really love to sit beside you. I don't mean then. I mean pray for them. Whatever it is that God is doing, encourage it. Whenever they cross your mind, pray for them. I have no idea the wonders and the mystery of salvation under the surface, but if I feel prompted to pray about it, I want to be a person that prays about it. Pray. Whatever they are facing, whatever they're going through, pour yourself into prayer for them. Our best answers will fall short of what God is doing in their heart. Pray for them. I don't know what the mystery of God looks like. I don't understand it. But I do know this. I am called to pray for the kingdom's advancement. So I want to. I want to be a person of prayer. To call down heaven to earth. And then I just want to leave this closing line as encouragement. 29. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. I believe this simple story, this wonderful explanation of seeds sown reminds us that we need to be ready when the time of harvest comes. We need to be ready. I want to be in their lives. I want to be doing life with them. I want to be praying for them. So the moment they say, you know what, Tim? Does your church do Alpha? I want to say, yeah, my church does. Come to my church. Don't go and find the church that has the best advert on the side of a bus. Come to my church because we do life together. And I want to journey this with you. I want to pray for you. I want to be there when, I, when they have the privilege of accepting Jesus. I want to be there to witness that, to be a part of their journey, to see the wonder and the mystery of salvation coming to fruit. I want to be a part of the harvest. I want to be stood there holding their towel as they leave the waters of baptism. I want to be part of their journey. I want to be part of their lives. We are called to prepare the soil. We are called to send out seeds. And I believe we are called to develop disciples. We have a wonderful privilege. We have the best news the world has ever heard. And I believe each and every one of us is called to be an evangelist. For years I grew up believing that gifts were distributed and some people were really good at talking and so they should be the people that tell everyone else about the gospel. Do you know how many of my friends listened to them? None. Because they were older. They didn't mix in the circles I mixed in. The very best evangelist for my friends was me. And I missed that chance. So I don't want to miss it anymore. I don't want to miss it anymore and I encourage you to. Join the journey of those in your life.
Share your faith with them. Share your faith with them. I promise you, the word promises us it won't return empty. We can change people's lives.